Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good day to you, Sean. <laughs> This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Uh, Today it's just myself, John, and Sean in the studio. Uh, It's a Halloween spooky special. If I had Echo, I would have done Echo on that. George George has got an an, an otherwise uh, appointment as a Jack Wilshire Graham. (laughs) Yeah. He's not with us tonight. He's not with us well, today. Well, t- today, tonight. actually, because we're recording this after disappointing defeat against Everton. So we're doing it on a Sunday because um, we have to get dressed up as killer clowns on the Halloween or Monday night when we usually record. Yeah, it was actually my favourite holiday of the year. <laughs> Halloween is. Oh, yeah. I can hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Trick or treat. Oh, it drives me nuts, but there you go. Anyway, it's, it's not, not Halloween. It's not America, people. True, yeah. true. Well, let's start because, obviously, let's talk about Chelsea first because we beat the mighty Chelsea. Yeah, let's talk about the football game. What a great game of football, I thought. It was. It was a great game of football. I would say probably one of the best games of football we've had this season, if not the best. Yeah, I think it was, it was, it was very um, sort of to and fro-ish. And I do believe that we, first half especially, we were the dominant team in after the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. We did do very well, and I was very impressed with our performance. Well, let, let's start with maybe the, um, the what you call it, the formation that uh, Village picked out. No striker. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I was surprised to not have um, anyone playing up front, particularly we already played Antonio up front, but no striker. But then let's face it, mate, at the moment, none of our strikers are strikers, are they? Well, None of our strikers are scoring goals. We haven't scored a goal from a striker all season. No, we haven't. Um, we're still waiting for one, even after the game against Lukaku. Um, we still haven't scored. The game against Lukaku? Yeah, because that's what it feels like. Every time we play against Everton, it's just sort of West Ham like versus Lukaku. Lukaku. Show. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I was very impressed with the way we performed on 
Wednesday night. And I think we came out deserved winners. Who was who was your standout men or or would you think it was a whole team? I think I I think it was the Payet Lanzini combination that really stood out for me. They were quite on song and doing very well. So yes, I, that to me was good to see. And it was also Antonio done very well up front on his own. He he was a real handful for John Terry. John Terry couldn't deal with him. So yeah, they just didn't seem to be firing Chelsea. That is, I mean, it did help. We got the early goal um, from Coyote, who uh, scored after eleven minutes, um, and that really spoiled their plan, didn't it? And they they, they struggled to get back in the game. Um, Bashoi, Bashawu, whoever, whatever he's called, Bachui. he didn't look he didn't look that special, to be honest. I'm glad we didn't buy him. Well, who knows, eh? He could be someone who just needs a few games and scores some goals. You don't know. He's, but he, he made his decisions, didn't he? If he'd have come to us, he'd have played all season, wouldn't he, by now? And Diego Costa, I laughed in your face. Yeah, he did miss her. I mean, he list, missed some sitters. Uh, Conti said afterwards, we were a bit unlucky. Were they a bit unlucky? I don't know. They, they, I mean, when he, when he, is, he sort of eventually had Costa on the pitch and Hazard on the pitch... I mean, really, all they were missing were Matic at that point as their sort of first 11. So, I mean, they did put us under pressure. But well, we were, I think we've done, we, it was good that they scored their goal because it looked like their goal was coming, say, at the post, didn't they? Or yeah. the crossbar. Um, Costa missed a one-on-one. So it looked like their goal was coming and it was just good timing. Their goal came from in the 92nd minute or whatever it was. Well, I think it was 94th minute because literally after they scored in the 94th minute, Literally, Noble just kicked it out <laughs> from the halfway line the into the crowd, the and the ref, ref blew, blew up. up. Yeah. Let's talk about a bit of stat attack. Uh, Chelsea had the possession fifty-three percent to West Ham's forty-seven percent. West Ham had thirteen shots, seven on target, where Chelsea had sixteen shots, four on target. So there's there's the lesson for them. I need to keep more shots on target, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like we are. We're, pro- we're prolific, so you know, yeah. what, what can you do against us when we're scoring and goals? Let's talk about the young boy Fernandez. Yeah, he's looking good. He does, he's he's looking a good prospect. He he scored a very good goal. But it, I, my my only disappointment is that we haven't got. Well, my only disappointment. I would say it's frustrating that our strikers we haven't got a striker scoring any goals. We'd be a totally different team if we had a, a goal-scoring striker, wouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Which is essentially like today's game with Everton. That is the difference, you know. Yeah. Just just to go back to Fernandes first, 20 years old, when we bought him first, and I thought £5 million sounds a lot from a, um, a Swiss team, Sion, I think FC Sion from Switzerland. Um, I thought it was a lot of money. Um, and I, I thought... He'd probably go in the under-23s, but um, he's proved everyone wrong. He's gone straight into the first team. Um, with his performances, certainly in two games, he's looked pretty good. Didn't do a lot today, but to be honest, no one did a lot today at the Everton game, really. It was a bit of a lacklustre performance. I think we started all right for, what would you say, well, 15 we're minutes? We're going on about Everton now. Yeah, yeah, we're going to move on to Everton in a minute, because we're going to talk about the troubles before we move on. But I, I'm just talking about Fernandes. Fernandes, yeah, today? no, he was uh, he was okay. He was part of a, like you say, lacklustre team, really. Mm. Though, I, my opinion is we've done all right for the first half hour. 
Who else okay. stands out for you in, in, in the match against Chelsea? Who, who was the man of the match for you? Well, I've, to be honest with you, I think they all done very well. I think it, it, was, it was like our team of old, wasn't it? It was how we played back in the sort of day last season, really. Yeah. And I thought they all had a very good game. I wouldn't like to pick anyone out particularly. But like I say, my favourite part of it was the combination play between Pyatt and um, Lanzini seemed yeah. to be back. When them two do well... Well, they turn up for the big games, though, which is where we're going to why they didn't turn up maybe at the Everton game. But certainly for the Chelsea game, they were certainly turning up, both of them, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Noble done very well again. But again, he was good, pretty awful. Good to so. see AU back. So he came on the 78th minute. Um, he had a chance, if I remember rightly. He did had a head, which, had a head which, a chance. Which he yeah, he and did. and Zaza came on for the, the last uh, well eight minutes plus four extra, so twelve minutes. But not a lot to write home about Zaza, really. No, he's still not doing enough to impress. And again, we we talk about him later in the Everton game, and nothing yeah. really moved on. Yeah, no, he's not. He's not winning me over by any stretch of the imagination. So pick if you were to pick your man of the match for Chelsea. If I was to pick my man of the match for Chelsea, I would say, I don't know, Lanzini maybe. Okay, I'll go Pyatt. Oh yeah, there you go. There's my combination. So um, we probably can't get away without talking about what else happened on Wednesday night, really. Do you want to talk about that? Because you've talked to fucking, sorry, swallow my <laughs> a lot about it. Oh, you've been absolutely everywhere. Well, you must get sick of it, you know, because well, I'm sick of it. I'm, like, I'm sure you are, and a lot of people. So I did get a call about six o'clock in the morning from the BBC, and I spoke to Vanessa Phelps on London Radio, and that led to Five Live calling me up about half past seven. And from there, I went on to BBC TV to talk about it, and from there, BBC World Service, and from there, Ian Dale on LBC, and then Talk Sport, and then Radio 5 again. What was I, di- I didn't hear most of it, to be honest. Did What was your talk sport? Was that with uh, Cundy and... Well, funny enough, when I spoke to talk sport about it, I refused to talk about the Troubles. That was on Friday night. And I said, he went, or oh, couldn't talk about the Troubles. I went, uh, we won a game of football against Chelsea, actually. I said to Cundy and, and um, Goldstein. I said, I don't know if you realised. And then we talked about football. We talked about the game against Chelsea. And we, we spoke about, you know, the, the game coming up against Everton. So actually, Talksport was the one I actually avoided talking about it the just troubles. Went on and on and on. Although you Danny Baker gave me—did you see that? Danny Baker gave me a bit of grief. Danny Baker, uh, comedian and journalist and radio presenter, on Twitter gave me a bit of grief when I said I was going on Sunday morning to um, Radio Five to talk about West Ham's teething issues at stadium. He 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 picked on the teething issues. And sort of said, um, didn't say it. What did he say? Well, and the, the joke was, and with all his followers, that you know, if teething means getting your teeth knocked out at, at West Ham, comic oh. genius, I'm sure. He's Mil- a Millwall, Millwall fan, fan at the end. I do um, like you, know. And, and Ron Liddle, Ron Liddle, um, the journalist who uh, uh, I'm told uh, got in trouble for putting racist comments on a on a forum many years ago, uh, also a Millwall fan. Right. And also got Who, in trouble for... Who's Ron Liddle? Well, he's a journalist. He, he writes for the Sunday paper? Times. All oh, right, okay. And he also, I think, is the editor of The Spectator. So he had a pop at me and said I was delusional in, in my, my interviews on the BBC. 
what I tried to do, John, I tried to defend the honour of West Ham fans because what I was really pissed off at is the whole sensationalism of it's all West Ham fans' fault. These people were in the press box or were never there. Even Moose was talking about how he saw what happened from the press box. As you know, John, um, George and myself weren't very far away. We weren't anywhere close to the actual trouble, but we were in a good view to see what happened. I got hit by some coins. Um, there were coins landing all around us. We only saw them coming from Chelsea. We didn't see anything else. There was one isolated incident in the first half where a, a, a bald-headed Chelsea man did get hit by a coin by a West Ham fan, and that West Ham fan deserves to be banned. And there was blood coming from his head, right? So John's ambulance came down, put a plaster on his head, and the police came to take a statement, but he, he carried on watching the match. You know, he didn't go to the hospital or anything. Have you seen and that? he took a picture of it yeah, on social media before he got the plaster put on. Yeah. Did you see that um, picture of the guy pulling a Mooney at the West Ham fans? Yeah, I saw that as well. So my point is, look, <laughs> West Ham fans aren't any angels. I'm not trying to say that, right? But Chelsea fans were just as bad. And when they talk about those 200 people banned, I can guarantee you, I bet at least half of them will be Chelsea fans. There's a small minority, right, who would want to throw something. Now, all right, some of the things thrown were toilet rolls, scarves, programs, empty plastic bottles, empty um, beer, um, plastic glasses. So they weren't going to do any damage, but that's still wrong. I wouldn't throw anything personally. George no, wouldn't no, throw no, anything. No, no, and, and I'm afraid those people can get banned even if they threw a scarf. <laughs> but let's put it in proportion. Yeah, it but people ripping up your seats in your own ground. Chelsea, Chelsea fans ripping up seats in the ground. No, no, I didn't see any seats ripped well, we, up in We'd in know West that. Hammond. Surely the club would be able to tell yeah, you that. Well, was well, there, as far as I am aware. Was there seats ripped up in our side or were they just I've returning I, seats that I, had been ripped up that, from the away from? I there was probably a seat flying back, but I believe it was a seat thrown over in the first yeah. place. Again, well, not condoning that. that. It's wrong. There's a great CCTV system, but this whole media reaction that it's West Ham fans, it's West Ham, it's the stadium. Yes, the stadium's hard to police. Yes, the st stadium has got a new management team in London Stadium 185. Yes, it's got 1,100 stewards that have previously done concerts. But these are why I say it's teething issues, and it's not helpful with the media trying to make out. Someone said it was like a bomb had gone off. One person said it's the worst fighting I've ever seen ever, including the 70s and 80s. <laughs> Other, I mean, it's like war zone reporting. I mean, oh, no. get a grip, guys. You know, the other thing that pisses me off is there were six arrests, okay? Now, I, spoke to the, I speak to the Met Police a lot. Three of those arrests were Chelsea. Three of them were West Ham, right? Only five of them were outside the stadium, only one inside the stadium for throwing missiles. So I guess that's someone who threw a chair or something, right? Two of them were for police assault. In other words, they pushed a policeman. One of them was for drugs, for Christ's sake. It, compare it to the old firm game that was played the week before. You know, Celtic versus Rangers. 18 arrests, major fighting. Didn't make the news. A rugby game, right, at the beginning of this, against Salford against Hull, fighting on the pitch between the fans. Major arrests. Didn't get very much of a mention on the media like the West Ham game. You know, and and one, one last thing. Forest versus Reading on Saturday, just, you know, this weekend just gone. Again, fighting in the stands, didn't get mentioned, won't find in it anything but the local news. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say we're being victimised and the media has a gender. But you know what? It bloody feels like that at times. Well, it, I'm not being funny, but my opinion is that the, the stadium hasn't been fully thought out. The planning of it in the beginning is, is basically, it's clear that it was never had a sort of like a, a secondary use in mind. So they've had to convert it for the, what they're trying to do now. It's not fit. I don't think it's fit for purpose to be a football ground. I've said this before. And it's geographically in a bad place to be policed. Yep. And the physical aspect of the decks and the levels with the lack of fencing between and things like that are, you know, when you go to football grounds, any football ground, you never see the away fans in the ground apart from in the terrace when you're in your seats. Yep. You don't see them at any other time, do you? Very rarely. No, no, and I don't disagree, right? I'm so, not trying to hide, put yeah, my, but my this head in the sand and say these problems don't exist. But what I'm saying is it's not a war zone. No. I would take my children to the next game. I have no problem. I didn't feel unsafe at the Chelsea game myself. And trying to scare people into this is, you know, 57,000 people go to these games, right? And maybe a very up to before that game, twenty three had been banned, and only one had been arrested. Yeah, but I uh, mean, se seven had been arrested. The other side of it, Sean, is the the media are all over it because is it is it because our board, our Karen Brady's things, this is the most successful, yeah. the most successful well, we've done so tell. well. Of course, she we're the know. most successful in all this. Where clearly, for the last two years, when they've been converting the thing, no one has actually given enough thought to the process of match-attending fans. It really hasn't. This clearly hasn't well, been enough thought. These things shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't, there shouldn't have been the case where there was only like three seats segregating people well, do you know why in the they first did that? game. That should, that, yeah, do you but, know why they did that? Uh, why? Why? Do you know why they did that? Because that's exactly the same segregation, right? Right. As the Emirates. And because they've planned the whole thing, most of the... Most of the directors, uh, our, our most of the directors at West Ham now involved in the stadium came from Arsenal. They used the same blueprint as Arsenal, and they thought they could do it the same. Yeah, well, we're not it's, Arsenal. It was are a, we? Well, it was the same gap as Arsenal. Three seats, and it was three seats. That's all you've got at Arsenal at the Emirates, yeah. and they don't have problems. And that's where they got it wrong. Now they moved it to thirteen seats, by the way, which it was at Chelsea. Yeah. And now they've just come up with a five-point plan to say they're now going to have a 10-metre sterile zone around that segregation. But, see, you know, the fact that those three seats were the way they were for the first games, that, that then led to the first incidents of violence in the, in, the, in the ground, yeah? I'm not saying people should have should be fighting each other, but it, you're, you're more likely to instigate fighting if you're that close to people and you've only got half a dozen stewards between you. But it so could have come as no surprise, West Ham Chelsea. I mean, the, the Chelsea fan who bought that eight-year-old, and it, he was the one I was going up with the media most of that day. You know, I bought my... Uh, she was hit by six coins. Yeah, well, that uh, was He was not hit by any, which... Was he, he using her as a human shield? He won't and then father of the year. Well, well why did he take her? My, my, I wouldn't have taken my nine-year-old son. No, I know it's school holidays, in, right? In by all rights, you should be able to do. You should be able I to take your things. That. Said it, but it has been flagged up as a major, as a major issue, and it's going to be a, a big like a risk game and all this. So you wouldn't choose to, would you? Would you have taken your daughter? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. How old's your daughter? Eleven. 
Would you have taken her to no, on Wednesday night? I wouldn't have taken her, no. Why I, did I you not go on Wednesday night? Were you scared for your safety? <laughs> I, I, I don't want to go. I'm not paying any more money to go there than I have to now. So you weren't, you weren't worried about ticket. going to a bomb site or worried right. for your own safety? I don't, I don't want to have to come out of my, my own ground and have to either wait half an hour for the away fans to leave or do a 40-minute walk around the ground because that's what it took Nigel, you told yeah, me yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. It took him 40 minutes to walk out the ground and get round to the front and then queue up to get out of the, in the yeah. tubes and all that. I don't, that. That, to me, is not an enjoyable match day. So, you know, if that's what I'm going to have to confront now for the rest of the season, I will do that. But I'm not going to pay and go more than I have to. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I say, I, I don't disagree. We've got to sort some problems out. I just wish we didn't have to wash our dirty linen in public. Well, but, uh, but just say about the Chelsea game, right? When you look back at the arrests, the, the Home Office released the, release, uh, the arrests every year, right? Yeah. And guess who comes out top? The, the person top, the last time they released is 2014-2015. Gets released in November, so they haven't released uh, last season yet. It will come out next month. Guess who was at the top of banning orders? in the Beyond uh, Newcastle, who are now obviously not in the Premier League. So they no got idea. the top of over 100. You tell me. Chelsea and West Ham. There you go. So Chelsea had got 79 banning orders, and West Ham had 67 banning orders by far the two biggest in the Premier League. So is it any surprise? And, and the thing that annoys me is everybody, West Ham, West Ham, West Ham, they're the common theme. But you know what? When Bournemouth came, some of them wanted to cause trouble. Sunderland, rush West Ham. Did, yeah, All of these, they, you know, trying, there's always a small minority in every club but, uh, so who did, are trying did for Bournemouth really? Rights. Did Bournemouth really do any... Or did it, they, were they just... Uh, were they not just a victim of the circumstance right. of being in the same place at the same time with the away fans well, and the home fans because of the stadium? Bournemouth was, I would say, result-related. So if you've got people drinking, they've come to the new stadium for a day out, some of the idiots come out. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
in the well, new stadium. They, they, on. Walk they next lost one nil late on yeah. and they were pissed off. They were goaded by West Ham fans and then it goes off. Bournemouth was a different case. I watched Sunderland go off, as I told you before. Yeah. Sunderland went top, uh, bottom, by the away coaches, up at the top, goading, goading, goading. Sunderland just rang up. And, and, and so you can't say, I, I'm not trying to excuse or be an apologist for West Ham fans who, who cause violence. No, people but I'm saying away fans, things, but away fans have been just as bad and they've got to take some responsibility too for their own fans. Of course they've got and, to. And they've got to be banned too when they're found guilty. Yeah, well, the guy who walked across the... Separate yeah, I hope Chelsea ban him for life as well. But it, uh, the bottom, the bottom line is, you know, no one agrees with the violence. Nope. Yeah. So we all condemn that. You, you just, there's no place for it. But there's no, there's no surprise that we've had four games of violence at our place to different, uh, different degrees when we had none last season in the ground, or however many years in the ground. There's no surprise that there's a geographical issue with the ground. Yeah. The stadium is a cause. It's not the, the only cause because people choose to do these I, things. I agree with you to a certain degree, but I will say the, the bowling stewards knew how to handle people Of course, but, yeah, but it's all part but of the But there was still trouble out. Show. You know, two years ago when Stoke came, right, they had a go at our boys, you know. When when Tottenham come, there's always trouble. Yeah, of there course. Was, there was trouble. So. Let's not forget... <laughs> Man United when the, the coach got um, done because of the police. So to yeah, say there was again, no was trouble just, at the bowling crowd, right, is wrong and say it's stadium related. West Ham fans have a rogue element, a small minority. So every club has. Yeah. And they have a rogue element. You, you can't just say this, these fans are just magic to anywhere and they see the stadium and they want to fight. We've always had that. All I would say, all I would say is the press haven't been interested in it up to recently. That's yeah, what I say. But I think the the press, the press are all over it, and they West Ham have given them it basically. They've given it exactly what they want. You're yeah, right. absolutely given it from the way that Brady behaves to, and and I personally think she should be held responsible. She is the re, she is the club representative to deal with this stadium, so she's messed up completely, and she should be held responsible and accountable. But the media are completely wrong the way they've promoted and they've gone anti... They have gone anti-West Ham, but West Ham have gone... have given it to them. Well, I think... I mean, I think the chairman are going to keep Stum. I think Brady should keep Stum as well. I've said this before. She's got a conflict of interest by her football diary with her son. And it's interesting. The only exclusive she did after the trouble yeah, was that. with the son. Yeah, and we're going to ban it. It's she not tried the stadium, to say, she said, She it? tried to say, we did everything we possibly could. I'm sorry... Whether you believe that or not, don't say it to the son because you're going to get ridiculed and you're going to get the club ridiculed. I would rather Brady, Sullivan and Gold say nothing whatsoever about Wednesday. Just keep some dignity. What, what have Chelsea said about it? Yeah, I know. Do you know what, they, do you know what their statement said? No, no. Their statement said, we condone it. We're going to investigate. We're not going to we say anything condone. until we investigate. Funny enough, West Ham come out straight away. We've identified 200. That's a nice round number, isn't it, John? 200. 200. 200 exactly 200. Oh, no, what ridiculous. are the chances of that? Or is it they just wanted to get a statement out there quickly? Huh. I mean, I just don't believe it's exactly 200. But it's, 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 it shouldn't happen, it, and it can be stopped in the ground. It won't ever be stopped outside the ground fully because it, it's, it's that, too vast. That, that, that place is so vast. There were 450 police. There were 1,100 stewards. 
you could have twice that much and you still wouldn't police no, the area. so much of places for trouble. But, and, but from our personal point of view, from a match day experience point of view, they've put that barrier up. Well, that's it. That's the thing that really pisses me off because we will now, in, in Turnstile C, where we are in, in Block 113, will potentially every single game now have to walk 30, 40 minutes around the whole of the stadium. Yeah, to, to tr- through and, the crowd and to that, try and get out and then that is wrong. queue up instead of trying to get out any earlier or go to put in Well, we're going to probably just wait now, aren't you we? You can't do anything, can you? And that, again, that's just our match day experience at our new stadium is... And it brings me all the way back to not enough planning, not enough thought, down to Lady Brady. Anyway, people are getting bored of this subject. Yep. So we, let's move so on. Let's I. talk about football again. Yeah, let's talk about the Everton game. Yes, we've just watched the Everton game because it is a Sunday. Um, we lost, John. We <laughs> did. And we're all a bit confident. I mean, I said 2-1 when I was on TalkSport. Um, I forget what you said last week. George said 3-1. Um, what went wrong? I don't know. We seem to start up, start well, but uh, I think it's it, you know it's the old we need a striker. If we had, a, if we had, like they got an opportunity, Lukaku puts it away. If we had someone equivalent in our team, we would have won the game because we had a couple of opportunities in the first half. We were pretty dominant for the first half hour, and we would look all right. But we just seemed to fall off the pace. Going very lacklustre. I'm sorry, but Pyatt had an awful game. He did, He yeah. did, did nothing right at all. He, he seems to have lost his ability with his free kicks. He doesn't seem to be able to pull them out of the bag at the minute. And it was just a very lacklustre second half particularly. And I think we ended up getting what we deserved. Well, which was a 2-0 beating. Lukaku again, obviously... He always seems to score us. That's nine in nine, by the way, now. Yeah, I know. Um, and well, I don't know. I don't know what we do to stop him. Really, um, Reed didn't seem to have a good. Reed game didn't have a good game night no, at all didn't, today. No, but no, no one did. Sean, did they? Well, I'd, I, I am going to say one person did have a good game. Who's that? Adrian. Fantastic save. Yeah. Fanta- well, two good saves actually. Yeah, well, he put he, he palmed the ball out. For the second goal, yeah. no, for their first but, goal, wasn't but it? But you said at the time, I said, "Is it his fault?" And you said, "No, he. Uh, there's not a lot he could have done with that." But um, I think what um, Antonio does does well. He causes a lot of problems up there, but his finishing isn't great, is it? No, um, I'm trying to think of any positives we can take for the game. First half hour, I mean, we were good. Yeah. ABA had a good chance, didn't finish. Um, yeah, it's just a bit frustrating, wasn't it, really? We needed a goal when we were on top. I mean, it's good that AU came on again and got a few more minutes under his belt. Um, is AU the answer? Is AU going to be I our striker? I think AU could. Um, he's obviously not match fit yet, but, you know, he had one. He got through promising one, didn't he? Um, and I, I liked Antonio. I thought Antonio looked sharp um, in the first half as well. He caused a lot of problems. He was, he was really powerful down but uh, yeah, right hand side. You know, the ref was awful again. Barry could have had two yellows. Well, quite easily true. had two yellows. Some of the fouls he committed. But you know, they, well, they, they could have got a penalty right at the death, and Bonner could have gone off, and that would have been us really messed up for mm-hmm. next the next game because uh, obviously um, Winston Reed's got a 
miss a game now, isn't he? Because he's got his yellow card. Yeah, well, we lose Winston Reid. So what will happen in defence? Well, it'll be Ginger, I would imagine. Yeah, is he fit now? Well, he's on the bench, isn't he? So he's got oh, he was fit. on the bench, all right. So let's just go for a stat attack. It was pretty even. Actually, West Ham had more of the possession. Yeah. 51% to Everton's 49%. Uh, Everton had 17 shots, six of them on target. West Ham did have 13 shots, three on target. So there you go. Yeah. But I mean, Ebersaza comes on and never looks like he's going to do anything. It's just it's very They probably sort of should have had that penalty right at the end, shouldn't they? They should have, um, yeah. On 93 minutes, Obona did step across the path of, um, what's his name? I was... Gay, wasn't it? Is it gay? That guy there? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The ref was. And, and, and he would have got a red card and, and we would have lost him for Stoke game as well. So uh, maybe the ref evened it up by not really seeing that. Wow. And, and of course, Ross Barkley's goal was offside. Not that it matters, but replay on Sky did show it was half a yard offside. It shouldn't have counted. Yeah, well, it was a mistake for their first goal and then an offside goal and Gareth Barry shouldn't have been on the pitch but there you go yeah. what do you think of Faguli? sour grapes Faguli, I don't I'm not convinced the gaffer seems to like him yeah not convinced but not seen enough of him there's another player that needs I would imagine needs a little run of games but when do these players come in where do you think if AU will start soon who who will have to give up their place I would imagine Fernandez would be out and he'd move uh, Mikel Antonio back. He took Pedro Obiang off, which I think he's been having a, a good run lately, um, instead of taking Antonio off at that time. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he'd go, once he's got a few more back, he, he might take a different um, formation again, rather yeah, than three at the back. I'm not a manager. So he's he's got some choices to make, hasn't he? He's got. If he's you got were manager for a day, though, John, <laughs> who, what would you do? I don't know, mate. I'd would you play I'd some strikers up front? Would, would you four at the back? What would you do? I don't know. I'd like. I'd like. You're to go king for a day. Go back to the old four four two and stick a couple of strikers up. Which two strikers, though? Well, that's the question. What has happened to Sacco? Sacco apparently, because uh, there was just an injury update, is now training has been training with the under-23s. Next Monday, he joins the first team again for the first time and starts training with the first team on Monday. I would imagine one to two weeks. I think they said, when's the international break? I don't know. After Stoke, possibly. Right. So Is he's it? not, not going to be around for Stoke, basically. He's not going to be around for Stoke, but he should be after the international break. I'd like to see And that. Andy Carroll, I mean, that's the other thing, right, that pisses me off about Andy Carroll. Apart from what we've talked about before... This playing down of Andy Carroll, oh, it's just a small thing. And when he came out in the sun, do you remember the sun said, oh, he's out to at least November. And he came out, oh, don't believe the hype Andy Carroll yeah. did himself. And guess what? It's November on Tuesday. Andy Carroll's still out. Is it Andy Carroll's not trying hard enough? Is, is there something else going on? It just seems to be we could do with Andy Carroll right now. We could have done them with Andy Carroll in that game right there. I've got no idea. You've got how can you actually know what he gets up to? Are you, you can still only a hear fan? the rumor. Are you still a fan of Andy Carroll? I, I, I like Andy Carroll, but I think as a club, they should pay off his contract, get rid of him off the wages, and get someone else in. 
the problem is someone. he's on 85 grand a yeah. week for how many well, more years? Well, I should come with some agreement with him. Well, the, the agreement usually is you pay 75% of his remaining wages. There's no point him having on... He's, he's continuously injured. And it becomes a, a bit disruptive, doesn't it? If you start playing and playing with him and planning a team around him all the time and then he's out for another three months... Yeah, but who, who, who else is going to want him? Well, you don't... Why would he give up? Why would he tear up his contract or accept 75% of the wages when no one else wants him and he's just going to sit there and collect his dough week in, week out while he goes and posts pictures with Billy Mucklow? I don't run the club. They bought him injured. So, you know, over to you, Mr. Sullivan. Yeah. Who else is injured? We're waiting for Sacco, Carroll. That's about it, really. Isn't it? I mean, we, we've got Masaku coming back, yeah? Masuaku. Masuaku. Yeah, well, he's not going to get in front of Creswell, is he? He's not going to get in front of Creswell. Uh, we've got Abaloa. Uh, I mean, he doesn't seem to be picked anyway. What other right back have we got? Oh, well, we've got um, Byram coming back to fitness as well. Because we still haven't got a right back at the moment. I know. So we've got those two to come back as oh, well. Oh, Lois should. Isn't he? He should be, yeah. He should be in. So before we talk about our predictions, because we're not... Cause yeah, no, because this is a spontaneous podcast, a Halloween spooky special, <laughs> um, <laughs> we, d- we, d- we didn't put anything out on Facebook or Twitter time, so we haven't got it. And, and to be honest, when we're doing the studio mixing, we don't know how to play the jingle anyway, so it's probably just... Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, the EFL um, next round. We've we've got um, Manchester, Manchester United. United. Yep. I bet the stewards and the police love that. I heard someone on the radio saying I'm I'm concerned about the uh, Man United game. It's a Manchester United fan. I'm, I'm concerned about West Ham coming that I may not take my children to the game. Oh, what a load of old rubbish! I know it's ridiculous, isn't it? So but we're entitled to ten percent. That's seven and a half thousand. Yeah, it'd be, they'd get the same dispensation as we got. I, well, thought, I think that Man United always get a dispensation. Yeah. I forget how many they get. I mean, let's be honest, it's a school night. Is it on Wednesday or I don't know, Tuesday? I can't remember. It's in November, isn't it? Yeah, it is a midweek game. So. What do you think? Do you think we can we can turn over the Red Devils? Depends, depends what team they put out. Depends. Uh, it's the quarterfinals, John. What team we put out and how we perform, doesn't it? If we perform like we did against Chelsea, yes, we can beat them. And if we play Zaza in that, I, I don't know if I said it last week, but the 14, he's allowed to play 14 games. When he plays his 15th game, we've got to pay to make him permanent. Uh, domestic Cup and European Cups don't count until it gets to the quarterfinal stage. So if we played him against Man United, it would count one of the appearances, right. but all the appearances don't count as yet. Unless they renegotiate that clause, there's no way he's getting his... And as I said, they are going to try and nego- renegotiate that clause in, in January. So if yeah, the Man United, if the if the team that played Chelsea and performed that way, we can do them. If the team that played Everton today and performed that way, we will lose. Because we haven't got a Twitter question, I'm going to ask you one question. Okay. Knowing what how we played today, and giving you one choice to buy one position, what position would you strengthen in Striker. January? Another striker, even though we got five. Yeah, I'd get rid. Just of let me list them: Caleri, Fletcher. Who's supposed to be going off to Leeds? Yeah, so you've got I'd, I'd start Fletcher, um, Sacco, and Carroll. Five strikers. I'd like to see more Fletcher. He's he's the one. He's a bright spark. I'd like to see more Fletcher. 
Caleri, he's had, I've seen him miss his one-on-ones and he's had these opportunities. Zaza doesn't look like he can, he can cut it. Sacco, we know, can do a job. And we know Carroll can, but Sacco's injured. Carroll's injured. Oh, you, so you forgot about Torre. We've got Torre. He's you forgot, you forgot he's, striker, he's injured. He? No, but you forgot about him when we were talking about the injury list. I wasn't concerned about <laughs> him. <laughs> exactly, no one is. Oh, that's a bit harsh. It is a bit harsh, but it's true. No, we need a we need a striker, but then so does everyone, mate. You know, but everybody wants a striker. Yeah, absolutely, we would love Lukaku. If we, Let's be if we had a Lukaku in our team, we would be a much better team, wouldn't we? You still got no concerns for us, though, have you? Oh, it's going to be a hard season, isn't it? It's well, I still think we will get top ten. Oh, I don't know about top ten, but I, I do you think we get relegated? No, I don't think we get relegated, but you know, I've said that before, and we have, and. You know, it's going to be a tough old season. Yeah. Well, away from the um, the troubles and the fighting, or the well, let's let's not call it fighting because it wasn't fighting. Missile throwing, let's call it that. Um, are you are still pissed off to go to the stadium every every week? Yeah, Is no, it, you're, no, you're, no. you're tolerating it at this stage. I, I tolerate it. I will continue to go because I've got my season but ticket. But you're not going to buy any more games beyond what's in your season ticket. I, don't, your I won't do that. I like to pesh mode. I won't want to go and play and see them there. You know, yeah. I just, I just no, I won't. I'm very down on the stadium, mate. As you know, it's not the it's the the match day experience. But nothing's going to really change. No, that, I can't that see they it could do. Would please you because you you would agree with the person, the ex um, chief executive of Burnley that said demolish it, knock it down, and rebuild it again. That's a football stadium, yeah. yeah. That's what I should have done. Yeah. So you wouldn't if they put up some extra posters or move the away fans, etc. That that's not going to please you, is it? All I could, all I would, if it was down to me, I would relocate the away fans to an area where they could be essentially bust in yeah. and bust out. Yeah. They would they would need their own like car parking area, and they all need to be sort of congregated somewhere and bust in and bust out. That's what I would do, and let us walk freely in and out of our own stadium as we please. Excellent. Well, we've not done too bad since this is an impromptu one. We've not had to stop at all. We're at forty minutes now, <laughs> and we've just got time for predictions. So on Guy Fawkes Day, so s- from spooky Halloween, yeah. uh, Guy Fawkes Day, uh, fifth. Remember, remember the fifth of November. We're playing Stoke. Yep. They don't cause any trouble, do they? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't got a firm. We have haven't they? seen much trouble with Stoke walking through. No. no um, Stoke's going to be a nightmare. That's it is going to be another nightmare. Yeah. By the way, little tip for you all: we know what Stoke's like. Do not go by Pudding Mill Lane on after the game. Because that's where all the away fans will be. Well, you won't I be able to. Well, you could. You well, could double you, back. You, you, could, yeah, you could go around, cross the bridge and back again. Yeah, across it, takes the greenway. You, it takes you 40 minutes to... Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, anyway. Um, Stoke. Prediction. 1-0 uh, West Ham. 1-0 West Ham. Yeah. Back to winning ways. I don't like to go the same as you. So, um, who have they got in striking for them? Are they scoring goals at the moment? Yeah, they've... Uh, What's his name? Shakiri's picking it up, and he. Right, I'm going to say we can see one. I'm going to go two one. Two one. Two one. They've got Boney, haven't they? Of course, they've got Boney. Mm-hmm. He hasn't scored a lot, though, is he? Yeah, I don't think he's done great. No. Anyway, uh, that's been it for more than just a podcast. I've been Sean. 
Yep. John's been... I've, I've been here. Well done. Thank and you. And I think we've got through this podcast quite well together. Now, usually we get we then cock up post-production yeah. in getting this thing up, etc. And there was a gap last time. But I think since we, we've recorded it all in one segment, there's a very without stopping, there's a very good chance this one might work, John. What do you well, think? Well, let's hope so, Sean. That's over to you. Yeah, You're excellent. the computer genius. So all he's got to say is, come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. Bye. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.